All right. Hello and welcome to Volume 7. Seven of Comedy Album Book Club. I'm very excited tonight. I'm your host, Jason DeLine. I'm an actor, voice director, workshop instructor who dabbles in comedy. And this is the monthly live podcast show where we listen to an influential comedy album and then talk about it with other comedians. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, you should first do as we've done here in Toronto's Social Capital Theater and listen to the Patton Oswalt album, Werewolves and Lollipops. This is his third album of seven so far, and the first to break the Billboard 200. Released in 2007, George W. Bush was in the White House, and the Star Wars prequels were still fresh in our memories. Patton Oswalt was born in Virginia in 1969. He's 49 years old now and has appeared in many TV series and movies, wrote for Mad TV, is currently on a book tour for his late wife's book, which he finished, And uh, next week, I'm very excited. I will have a one-on-one interview with Patton Oswalt. So uh, we'll be taking some questions uh, from the audience a little later. And uh, I've also got a panel of guests with me. My first guest is a man who was in my wedding party, and I was in his. We've been friends in comedy (laughs) and life and love for many years. Uh, Read into that what you will. Uh, Please welcome TV writer uh, for such things as Inspector Gadget, Degrassi, and the Beaverton, Mr. Ian McIntyre. How are you, my friend? The the wedding stuff was very crucial there. (laughs) Yes, well, they need to know. Yeah, you never know. (laughs) <laughs> it speaks to our skill sets now that we can be uh, in wedding parties. Absolutely. A lot of comedians can't. And if it, it, no, they really can't. Yeah, they, they, they really, they, they fuck it up. Uh, if if anyone's yeah. listening to this, the, we are available for more. Yeah, at very low rates. Open bar, we're there. Uh, and to answer your question, I'm doing fantastic. Good to hear. Uh, next on the podcast, I have voice actor, singer, Artist extraordinaire who has an art show coming up uh, March 31st. Please welcome Merle Evans. Sure. Yeah. You, <laughs> you've used very different different last names for different reasons, but we don't need to get into that. How are you, Merle? I'm doing great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, applause for Merle. Yay. It's weird to say applause for. Do it. But yeah. Applaud for me. It's an audio audio thing. So uh, you've got an art show coming up the end of March? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be part of an art show. um, Oh, gosh. I know the acronyms for it, but I don't know the the acronym. What's the acronym? T-A-A-P, TAP, uh, Toronto Annex Art Party. There we go. There you go. go. All right. Congratulations on figuring out the uh, acronym. Well, welcome, Merle. Glad to have you here. Thank you very much. Uh, And on the end, please welcome my friend and improviser, Kyle Betts. Thank you. Thank you. How are you, sir? I'm adorable. Oh, are you? Yeah. That's a fact. Well, that is confidence. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, yeah, you and I have known each other for not too long. A couple uh, months. A couple months, yeah. I think t- we like each other, though. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That vote's not in yet, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll let you know by the end of the podcast. <laughs> All right. So, uh, make or break that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You'll be waiting to hear that answer. Uh, so, Ian, uh, you chose this album for this month. Yeah. Uh, often when somebody uh, chooses an artist and they're not sure which album to pick or something like that, I'll say, well, why don't we go with their first one and see how they broke in? But you told me this was his first great album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw all the other albums that you'd done on uh, Comedy Album Book Club, 
and they're all uh, very old. And I said, I'm right. going to fuck up your pattern. <laughs> uh, so I picked well one from 2007. <laughs> yes. The very recent 11-year-old 2007. Yeah. Uh, no, um, i got to be honest. I didn't realize he had two albums before this. I, I thought mm. I had all of his albums. Two of them came out in 2004. Okay, because there's Feeling Kind of Patton, yep. which yep. came before. What's the other one? Um, yeah, that's what I want. 222. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know that yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Because I'd only listened to Feeling Kind of Patton, which is a good album, mm-hmm. um, but you can hear him on this. He's so much tighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. much tighter. Uh, yeah. Like, And on Feeling Kind of Patton, it's very rambly. Uh, mm. You can feel him like like the bits aren't quite worked out yet, and he's working a lot of them out on stage. Right. Uh, still, maybe. And... Um, in this one, he's just so laser focused. Now, did you go uh, backwards after like seeing him on a TV show or something, or were you on board from like 2004? Or when did you? No, I was working a shitty job in a box <laughs> office, and as I all box an... office yeah, jobs are. Yeah, I read an interview with him on the AV Club where they talked about the KFC Famous Bowls bit. Do you know what year-ish this was? It would have been like 2008. Okay, so yeah, right. So, so it's like fairly the, recent. But the year after this, this came one. out. Right. And they were, they were just talking about that bit, and then I listened to it on YouTube in there, and I was like, this is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and I want to listen to all of this, and then I just, <laughs> I've listened to all of his stuff since then. Is that, how, how does that rank in all the bits he's done since, the KFC bit? It's weird. Like, I, I don't, this is the only album of his that I really think hard about specific bits on. The rest of the, okay. the kind of the album is just a whole thing. Well, he's a storyteller, right? Yeah. You're very different yeah. than the average uh, comedian. It's, it's, it's a little bit of did you, did you notice and stuff like that. But a lot of what ifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, when I talk about Patton Oswalt, I talk about him as like uh, a funny friend. Mm. Like, yes, like, yeah. Just the guy like, oh, yeah. And then he's like, and then imagine if, and then what if this and the. You know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about this. But uh, Merle, uh, what was your introduction to Patton? I know you have a good story I'm, about yeah, him Yeah, well. well, I'm trying to actually remember when I first decided I really liked Patton Oswald. I know I, I heard him before uh, Werewolves and Lollipops because when mm. that came out, I was like, fucking yes. Um, no, I was super <laughs> stoked and then laughed the entire way through. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. I just I, I know there was a point when I didn't know who he was. <laughs> but I feel like I've always loved his comedy, and I've really just, you know, I laugh out loud so much Fair to enough. everything he says. Have you listened uh, to all his albums as well? I or? think I have. Yeah. I genuinely have no idea. I'm going to go home and find out tonight whether <laughs> right. I have, in fact, seen the whole, uh, heard the whole discography or not. Well, and that's the goal of this yeah, podcast, exactly. is to make people look more things up. So, uh, Merle uh, used to work at the Silver Snail, a comic book shop here in Toronto, and she oh, has right. a story about that. All right. So um, it was 2010, and JFL, Just for Laughs, was in Toronto. And I kind of anticipated, I was like, there's a, like, Patton Oswald's going to be in town. He's going to be like, oh, it's Wednesday. Where do I buy comics? And you know someone's going to be like, oh, go down to Queen Street. Go to Silver Snail. It's a classic place. You'll love it there. So... I have a, from Firefly, he wrote a comic book. Uh, <gasps> oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it was uh, Wash Flyout. Mm-hmm. And it was a continuation of uh, the Wash story, episodes that never, oh, you know, wow. never made it into TV. So he wrote this issue about Wash. And I and had that issue. it was published and had art and everything. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. And I had a it's copy canon. of it. Oh, it's what? canon. Yeah, listen, um, sorry, spoilers, but it's where we find out that she was pregnant when Wash passed away. Oh. 
I'm not a Firefly guy. Oh. I, I, ah. You need to change that right You're away. You're out of my wedding party. No, oh, I'm very upset. I'm nerd raging right now. <laughs> nerd rage. Um, so I had Give a... me Chris Hardwick's photo now and all your pictures. <laughs> or Merle. It'll be Merle instead yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. I'm just holding up the She looks good in a suit. I've seen her. Yeah, it's true. I do look great in a suit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're working on a photo shoot coming up in April. Anyway. Um, so I brought in my copy of the comic book, and I was like, I, I got to get him to sign this. Oh, man. Nerd, nerd cred. So I bring it in on the Wednesday. Doesn't show up. Thursday, I'm ringing through customers, and I look, and at the end of the lineup is a very sort of like the bored Patton Oswalt, like in his head sort of expression. He's got a stack of comic books, and he has no idea what's going on. And he just sort of puts them down on the counter. I'm like, hey, um, I'm going to ring you through, but... If you could first, and I turn around and I pull my comic book out, I was like, I was wondering, Patton, if you could sign this for me. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, sure. And then <laughs> so he signed it for me and he asked my name and then my manager comes over and is like, hi, I'm a huge fan. And starts geeking out at him and talking <laughs> maybe a little bit too much. And then he's like, here, we'll give you a 30% discount. And Patton uh, Oswalt's like, why, why? Don't, don't, <laughs> don't. I have money. Don't give me a discount. There's uh, no reason to give uh, me a discount. Uh, Salt of the earth. Um, I know, wonderful, right? And then, um, so I got it signed and then I was like, can I have my picture taken with you? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I got this picture taken with him. And um, then about 30 minutes after he leaves, some guy comes up to the counter, and he's got this weird look on his face. And he leans over, and he's like, are you guys the store that uh, Patton Oswalt was tweeting about? I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Unreal. And then I immediately go to Patton Oswalt's uh, Twitter okay. account, and it says, <clears throat> wow, there's some cute Ghost World Girls working in Toronto comic shops. Ghost Girls. Uh, I, I know. I was just like, oh my God, this is everything I've ever needed and didn't know I needed. Ghost World Girls. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I love that his pickup line was a deep cut comic book reference. And, and you know, I, I grew And after up. he was nowhere near her. Oh, I know. Oh, look at this. And you can, you can look it up. July 9th, 2010. The tweet is still up. It still exists. And we will publish oh the God. selfie she took with him on our I, website. And I grew up loving Ghost World and like people telling me I look like... Uh, Enid? Like yeah, they told me I look like Enid. And then when I got a little bit older, people started telling me that I look like Scarlett Johansson. And I was like, you know what? Both of them. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't Hashtag care. Hashtag life goals. <sighs> Achievements unlocked. Great story. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, uh, how about you? You're, you're a big fan, I know. How, how, when was your first exposure to... You know uh, what? I think this album was the first time I heard Patton Oswalt. Oh, wow. Cool. I was just out of school. I was hanging out with some friends, driving a car, and uh, my friend put in this CD, an illegal this copy a of this CD, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Did you get it from Napster? It was probably Napster or LimeWire, like one of those. <laughs> or like LimeWire. I think Lime Napster, Wire. Was, uh, Napster was dead by two Yeah, probably. Could be. And uh, I know we're just driving this car, and like I heard uh, George um, Lucas must die, and I thought, this is my guy. Yeah, yeah. I understand him. I you appreciate related? him. I can yeah. never read a quote of George Lucas's online anymore <laughs> <laughs> or hear Without. about him talking and not hear Patton Oswalt's impression of him. That is such a note perfect takedown to me of George Lucas. Like it just gradually gets to the point where this whole thing becomes 
George Lucas doesn't understand what we like. He thinks <laughs> it's about the ingredients that make the thing. And then when the rock salt comes out, it's like, okay, I see what this bit is. Uh, and then it turns into, here are other examples of things that you don't like that are the origins <laughs> of, like the Angelina Jolie bit. John, just, yeah, John Voight's oh, yeah. ball sack is yeah. just classic. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And a few of the bits uh, do that. They they evolve. It's not just uh, it's not just a long laughless story to a punchline. It's a story filled with laughs throughout. And it, it got me thinking about um, comedians and writers. And I don't think every stand up comedian is a good writer. Good mm, uh, yeah. well, because not every stand up comedian is a good stand up comedian. But I think I think the best stand up comedians are probably good writers because when he was talking about punching up and stuff and how he wanted to move scenes around or add mm. jokes and things like that, I imagine he's uh, very meticulous in how he arranges uh, his sets mm -hmm. and and where the jokes go because the, the stories to me seem perfect. They they, they have uh, ebbs and flows and climaxes and then they they stop right when they need to. Yeah, and you can really feel on this album too that he's paid so much attention to the structure of building a story. Like yeah. you're saying, uh, I always think of that. I mean, there's there's obviously the bit where a heckler interrupts him. Oh um, wow! Which is, I mean, that really shows how good he is at actually sort of uh, uh, improvising, improvising in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's but one of the gold standards of heckler dealing. I mean, oh, yeah. it goes oh, yeah. on forever. It's great. But I think it really shows like the, the sort of difference between he does have a natural ability to sort of, uh, uh, you know. Um, just riff on stuff, yeah, but yeah. it's very clear how much actual craft he puts into the mm -hmm. writing yes. and how much actual thought. His brain comes up with that stuff, yes. but he yeah. does take the actual uh, discipline to put that stuff together in a cohesive way, make it more right. of a story and like... Um, you know, the difference between the rambling in the first albums you were mm -hmm. talking about and the really cohesive storytelling and, and punchiness of this one. Right. And isn't it, you can almost hear, too, like, when he's taking down that heckler, the jokes are kind of, there isn't as much of an arc to it because he's sure. improvising. Yeah. It's really, Large it's just like bag. punch, punch, yeah. punch. Yeah. Like joke, yeah. joke, joke. Where, whereas then he goes back to the story and it's once again this very meticulously crafted arc of a thing. And But also like, even I to... I think that the heckler takedown is great. It's just, you can hear him not making something up as he goes. Yeah, it doesn't have it doesn't have a uh, an arc to it, mm. but still some of this like uh, I wrote this down when my body returns to the loam yeah, and the cities that. are oh. burnt to dust. I mean, oh. yeah, <laughs> that's you come amazing. up with that on the top of your head. Well, I, <laughs> that's pretty great. I think I've I've uh, read somewhere that uh, I mean, he's a huge nerd. He's done a sure. lot of DMing for Dungeons and Dragons right. and I believe <laughs> Quite well he was read, actually the uh, DM for a group that included Brian Posehn and a bunch of other uh, comedians. Oh, that's, uh, that'd yeah. be a fun... So, you know... If you know that about him, you're kind of like, oh, well, no wonder he's so uh, mm -hmm. good at just sort of riffing yeah. on that stuff Slipping and also using medieval ridiculous lore. language. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Oh, you know, he went to uh, William and Mary, I think, for English. Like, he's a smart dude. And, yeah. like, some of the words he chooses on stage, like, they almost sound poetic. Like, it's very impressive. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. He really loves words, and it's, it's yeah. you know, very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be really, really smart to say really, really stupid, ridiculous stuff. <laughs> is that your uh, is that your slogan? Is that your uh, excuse? Well, that's uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's my excuse. Uh, I'm gonna use that yeah. for sure. Uh, what do you guys think uh, makes him special? I mean, uh, like I said before, I, I see him as as like your funny friend. You know, mm -hmm. he's a, he's a storyteller. It's not so much. Uh, hey, do you guys ever notice that he just tells stories, but but 
the way he tells them are just it's just so compelling well for me it's what you're just saying right now it is he's your funny buddy who's talking about star wars Mm -hmm. but it's what you just said merle the words his Mm. his choice of language of uh, a, a wet gray hillock yeah oh yeah who blob. says that that's amazing <laughs> like hillock it's, oh it's just so it, he creates such vivid visual images so right. fast and he just blows past them like yeah. other comedians would come up with something like that and build a bit around just that one great turn of phrase and he's built a bit that's got 20 great turns of phrases in right. it. You know, and right and they gain momentum as they go and they just keep coming and oh it, they're so memorable and there's lots of pop culture references as well and like mm. they're very mm. very deep cuts as well like this yeah. mortal coil, coil like what the hell yeah, where did that come from <laughs> my goth heart soars oh <laughs> <laughs> it's got a timelessness to it though too there's something about the way he talks and what he's talking about that this album doesn't feel like an 11 year old album to no. me it feels like something that could come out now now, especially since we've gone from red to blue to red again in the White House. (laughs) But one thing I was wondering, too, is, you know, we've talked about how good he is at riffing and how, but also how meticulous a writer he is. I would be so curious to see two sets uh, of the same um, show, like on a tour, and to see uh, how how much the same it is. I know, Ian, you've seen uh, Louis C.K. live, and you saw him do another... Uh, live set and it was basically identical and yeah. uh, I think we were both at the same Eddie Izzard show at Comedy Bar and I think oh, you saw both of them man. too or I talked no, no, no. oh no I was talking to uh, Mark Andrada who is oh, a really funny comedian in the tech right, Comedy Bar right because that Eddie Izzard show I remember being like it's amazing it, just it felt like so he made off it the top of his went. head it was incredible and, yeah and Andrada was like it was almost word for word yeah to the wink and oh that my gosh my I was at that show oh really? I was at both of those shows oh Holy really? shit um, in the front row just like being super <laughs> distracting because I was like fangirl 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 <laughs> fangirl um, yeah there was actually there was a bit different but yeah. uh, he does that whole rambling thing that Eddie Izzard He's does so is actually like a lot of times word for word. Yeah. But sometimes he'd move stuff in the order and he'd add sort of extra stuff or he'd decide to go in for the flourish and add mm-hmm. a bunch of extra He's stuff. He's so like naturalistic, he really though, that you don't believe this is someone who's done this material countless times. Yeah. It's, and I don't think... That, that's why I never really pursued stand-up comedian, I think, seriously. I've, I've done it a few times, but I get bored of my own material and I'm too lazy to come up with new stuff every single night. I, yeah. I don't know how... I really don't know how comedians I do. feel like Patton Oswalt and Eddie Izzard have a very sort of... Um, the thing that ties the two of them together is that they seem to look at the world very differently than the average person does. Even though they're very interested in the same sort of stuff, like, you know, there's a, you know... The, it's all relatable stuff, but it's just from an angle that a lot of people might not necessarily look at it from, mm-hmm, you know? And, mm-hmm. and they're able to sort of describe the... Um, weirdness of oh i don't know like a kfc bowl oh, yeah. um, just mm. because he he's experiencing this stuff differently or like because of eddie izzard's experience with like uh being trans and being you know just right. seeing the world as a different uh differently and i think uh i think that's really what makes a good comedian is the fact that you're looking at the world completely differently you're mm. you're the jester right. going hey did anybody else see this because i don't <laughs> think any of you have noticed that this thing that we all see can be seen completely different. Yeah, and, and he, he does it in a different delivery too. You know, I mean, you know, Seinfeld was was huge uh, during his heyday, and he was very much the what we think of. I think is the classic comedian. Like, did you ever notice this? And how about that airplane food and stuff like? That? And and you know, he did it perfectly, but. Uh, 
Patton isn't doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's not saying, did you ever notice? He's just saying, I went to this place. And he just tells a story, but it, it's still observational. It's interesting to me that this came out in 2007. And um, that year at the Grammys, the best uh, comedy album was Flight of the Concords, The Distant Whoa. Future. Nice. Oh, I remember that time yeah, well. Yeah, it's crazy how time flies, right? Uh, and just to just to put things in perspective of what kind of comedian Patton Oswalt was at that time compared to his uh, colleagues, the other nominees were George Lopez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take a I moment forgot for that. that man lived. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like he was in a crash that he survived. <laughs> no oh, Carlos yeah, he Mencia. lived. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Lampanelli. Remember her? <laughs> she, yeah, she was around. She had a minute. Yeah, she did. Uh, sort of did the uh, roast circuit, if that's oh, a thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait and is now going on about that. Uh, Stephen Wright. Okay. That's probably his last album. I Classic. didn't check that. Oh, wow. And uh, Harry Shearer. Had what an album that was nominated that year. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Oh, it's yeah. an album where he argued with people and was wanted that? more money. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. So, I think Pat Nozzle was probably a new, fresh, young voice compared <laughs> to those people. He wasn't nominated. But, um, but interesting to see how comedy was changing, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, and it became, I don't know. I, I feel like for a while, comedy was about the. Almost the professor trying to teach people things, uh, mm. depending on the comedian. Uh, um, and some of it was a, a very, uh, like, uh, anarchaic. Is that a word? Anarchic? Yeah. anarchic? I think it's a, anarchic. Uh, you know, like someone like Bill One Hicks of those or, right. or something yeah. like that. Uh, but, but this guy, he just, he gets angry from time to time, but it seems like it comes out of a real calm, friendly place. It's and, definitely that uh, nerdy kind of anger. Oh, yeah. Like that. Oh. Everyone but has a nerd rage but I like, supreme. But, but, but yeah, it's yeah. still very relatable. Without and, the toxicity. Uh, he yeah, doesn't... Uh, yes. yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and also not the deep cut references that alienate a lot of people. Like, oh, like you mentioned true. Hal Jordan as a throwaway, which is fun for, you know, 10% of the people yeah. who are, you know, uh, big fans. But... Uh, a lot of it's still very relatable. It's everyday stuff. Oh, yeah. Like when he does, it's very smart on this album that his big bits that are about geek references are like the Star Wars prequels, mm. which right. everyone had seen at that point. Sure. Like old Star Trek was kind of building the yeah. Yeah. basis of and this And even joke. if you hadn't, um, he builds in enough that you get the joke. Like mm. he like he mm. says, you know, Chekhov fired the lasers. Actually, it was Sulu. And uh, if you're... Phasers. Oh gosh, so sorry. Uh, him, him, <laughs> and I'm him. a much bigger Trek fan than he is. That's you just were embarrassing. on Trek for God's sake. <laughs> that's, that's true. Shame. How, how many Shame. takes did you need to do to uh, get that right? I was out smoking Shame. during phaser class. Okay, Ian. <laughs> right. Thanks for calling me out. Shame. Uh, and yeah, mom, I just started smoking oh, uh, no. at, at, at forty. Uh, <laughs> anyway, where were we? Uh, yeah, so he, uh, so he. <laughs> You can edit that out. It's fine. But the idea is it. he explains the joke. He, he says, you know, here's what. Uh, so even even someone who says, oh, only nerds like Star Trek, the, the fact that he corrected the professor, yeah. that sort of informs the joke. And then the, uh, the other one, the Star Wars uh, stuff, he, he even if you hadn't seen the prequels, he, he says, oh, great. I can't wait to find out about my favorite character, Darth Vader and Boba Fett. And he's. Yeah, you get to see him as a little kid who got <laughs> sad when his dad died. And like anyone can understand that that is a crappy thing. And, and, and I love were, how it comes back twice. Like it's such a really great little bit. They were in the middle of the whole like all oh, the Star Wars fans are so full of rage and like mm. he basically distilled the yeah. like 
just chattering <laughs> nonsense that was going mm. all over the internet about yeah. like, why'd you steal our movie from us? Right, you know, right. so it's a excellent distillation for anyone who is like, yeah. I'm sick and tired of these nerds. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. Right. Oh, all right. Well, I get why you're angry now, Patton. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a great point. He sort of was able to make a joke down that middle line that yeah. people on both sides would still find funny. Yeah. It's been interesting too because like when I first listened to this, I guess. Uh, 2008, so 10 years, 10 ago. years ago. Uh, I was uh, 30 or 26, and uh, nerd rage appealed to me a lot more back then. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh my God. So hearing this guy just absolutely melt down over this thing, <laughs> whereas now that I'm 36, I'm like, oh, this stuff's not worth getting that mad about. <laughs> right. <laughs> But well, uh, and the nice thing about comedy is it's one-sided. Like, he doesn't have somebody else on stage <laughs> just constantly telling him to shut up and who cares and, you know, and, and then making it heated. Yeah. <laughs> I will say... And angry and sexist and et cetera, et cetera. Speaking of the geek comedy thing, though, I will never forget, and uh, Deline, you know the, the old sketch group I was in, uh, Approximately Three Peters, yeah. which was, we called ourselves Sketch Comedy for Nerds. And uh, one day I brought this album in and made them listen to the whole thing start to finish. And it was like we were listening to a thing that was, oh, that's what we're trying to do. Oh, yeah. Interesting. That, that's the thing we've been trying and not succeeding <laughs> <laughs> and falling short of. Did you ever succeed? Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping this would be the one moment he would say yes. Ian McIntyre is humble to a fault. But uh, I would say you did. I really like the the bit you guys did about what actually happened after the Return of the Jedi. About uh, well, maybe you'd be able to be able to explain it better. Finally, I've turned this podcast into one about me. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh no, it's just a dumb thing about uh, like a d alternate ending where uh, they're partying with the Ewoks and we're playing the Yub Nub song and yeah. uh, playing different characters, and it's just like. Um, the Ewoks explaining how the gal the galaxy is going to fall into civil war now because of the power vacuum. <laughs> how all, all we all the rebels did was kill the empire, the emperor, but they hadn't actually stopped the empire and all this kind of stuff. And it's very which dour. basically all came to pass. Yeah, which actually uh, we had to retire that sketch because the, the Force Awakens. That is basically the plot of it. Yeah. I think you might have a lawsuit on your hands, Ian. Take that, Abrams. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good luck with that. Anyway, let's get back to the actual comedy yeah, album we're sure. here to talk about. Um, so it, this was this was the album you picked. This is number three, and you listened to, I guess, number one or two. Mm -hmm. They both came out the same year. Sure. So. Uh, so since this album, mm -hmm. uh, you have a one that you like better, or you feel like he's evolved to, or that oh, he's uh, he's evolved for sure. Oh, I I, I watched the Netflix special uh, recently. Oh. It is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. You will cry. It's a beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's stunning. Special, it's yeah. stunning. Like. like it's, and it's just so fascinating, too, to see him over the years to think, like, in this Werewolves and Lollipops era where he had finally found his voice from a joke-writing perspective, there's no way he could have handled the emotional weight oh, yeah. of mm -hmm. doing 45 minutes of stand-up about his very right. recent wife's death. Well, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, I think something like that probably matures you pretty quickly. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Just the fact that that happened despite his age would, you know give you some you know force you to reflect on some things and it's interesting too because listening to this album i listened to it this afternoon before the show 
And I noticed for the very first time that, like, he mentions, yeah, I just got married and we did this mm. thing with our parents. He talks very little about his home life in this. Mm. Like, not right. very specific. Not very he personal. Never yeah. mentions Michelle's name. He never really gets mm-hmm. into that. And you can see album by album, he gets more and more comfortable telling stories about their home life. Interesting. And yeah. and kind of sharing that thing so that by the time he got to this most recent Netflix special, I think he he was really primed to be like, all right, I'm just going to be crazy honest right now and tell you about mm-hmm. my grief, but do it in a way that was genuinely hilarious. Well, he also didn't have to worry about exposing her to any kind of public scrutiny, I suppose. I mean, I guess, but I, at the same time, I would assume he'd be more scared. Really? You know, in in death, he, he doesn't want to... Oh, yeah, and because he gets all these terrible comments yeah. on Twitter. You really? Know, he gets, oh, he gets the oh, yeah. worst. People are, like, oh, people, people are really shitty because they have man. nothing in their lives and they're sad and they just want to make someone else hurt because they don't know how to make themselves stop hurting. That's why people are assholes <laughs> on the internet. Wow. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's applause worthy yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Summed up beautifully. Fuck, I saw one yesterday that um, he had made some joke that was kind of off color about something and someone called him out for it. Uh, and the, the thing where I saw it was him admitting he's like, yeah, that like that part of the joke that I tweeted just now, that was my old 90s comedy brain kicking in. He's like, you're right. I didn't need to. It was like a joke about a dead hooker or something like yeah, that yeah. in the context of some bigger, like he's trying to describe a CD motel. Right. Uh, and he's like, you know, you're right. I didn't need to make a joke about a dead hooker. That's kind of shitty. Uh, but at the same time, you person on Twitter didn't need to tweet at me about making fun of my dead wife uh, mm. as a response. Can we maybe both agree to not do that? So, yeah, you're right. Wow. Yeah, people are coming at him all the time with this. Yeah. It's yeah. uh Oh, the internet. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. Well, as we ponder the benefits and um, I can't think of an opposite word to benefit. Drawbacks. Not drawbacks. Benefits. As we po- I'll edit this out. As we <laughs> ponder the benefits and drawbacks. Of it was the a internet. mistake. You couldn't remember drawbacks. God damn it. <laughs> your last podcast McIntyre <laughs> I'm gonna burn all podcasts to the ground we're gonna take a little break uh, do some bathroom stuff that sounds weird what uh, kind of podcast I don't is know this? you like that I don't know you we're like all just that. gonna get in a circle do some bathroom stuff uh, have some beers and uh, we're gonna take some questions for you guys uh, for our panelists and for my one-on-one interview with Patton next week we will see you after the break Ooh. <laughs> Comedy Album Book Club is recorded live on the first Thursday of every month at the Social Capital Theatre in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Join us, won't you? We listen to the album at 9.30pm and then we record the panel discussion for the podcast. Tickets are pay what you can, with some proceeds going to Covenant House, Canada's largest agency for at-risk, homeless and trafficked youth. For more details, please visit us at ComedyAlbumBookClub.com. I'm Jason DeLine. Thanks for listening. That was a movie, Pineapple Express. Yeah, it was okay. I need to Uh, smoke more weed, Pineapple Express is what? uh, (laughs) Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and Franco. uh, Yeah, Franco. Franco, And then... uh, Everyone's favorite, uh, America's Sweetheart, James Franco. (laughs) 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 Uh, But who was the other guy? The guy from... um, Danny McBride. Danny McBride, yeah, Yeah. he was in that too. I, I didn't... I never finished that movie because 20 minutes in, I thought to myself, oh... These guys just think you can improvise a movie. And they're not great improvisers. Bro, and you weren't high enough, bro. <laughs> yeah, <but that's>, yeah. <laughs>
Gotta get that dank shit, bro. I can never argue with a sentence that starts and ends with bro. No. <laughs> um, Try to do it. It's impossible. It can't be done. <laughs> all right. We're back from our break. Uh, I wanted to remind you guys that all the proceeds from this show have always and always will uh, go towards Covenant House, Canada's largest agency for at-risk and homeless youth. They do really great work. Uh, they actually not just shelter kids and give them food, but also provide education and tools to get back out into the world. They're amazing, an amazing place. So uh, if you're able to donate to the podcast uh, through e-money transfers or dropping money in the bucket here at the theater, please do so. It's an amazing cause, and it actually really does change the world for the better. So thank you so much. And uh, so we're back, and we've got some questions from the audience. Now, let's take a look here. Uh, <laughs> this question starts with the word deathbed, the bed that eats people. Nice. Uh, and then it says rape stove. Oh, number one, deathbed, the bed that eats people. Number two, rape stove. What's number three? Oh, like it should be a trilogy. Yeah, obviously. Oh, oh this is great. So the, you want these... <laughs> You want us? Okay, what's the arson third? dishwasher? Arson dishwasher, cool. The the dishwasher that burns houses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna go Thank with you. buggery microwave. <laughs> oh, okay, That's... and the tagline. Shit, I got nothing yet. <laughs> that kind of fits. <laughs> <laughs> That's also the tagline for buggery microwave. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, we got to come up with three more, I think. I don't know. Um, I feel like the real true answer is Tommy Wiseau's The Room. <laughs> what about Stab Screen Door? The screen door that stabs oh people. I've had it happen. <laughs> I grew up in the 70s. Leave me alone. <laughs> I was picturing a screen door like holding a knife. That, yeah, well, that, that's probably better for the movie. By the way, just, uh, just to check, made so of metal. We're, we're looking through these questions right now. Uh, some of these same questions are still going to get asked to Pat and Oswald when you do your interview. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. Uh, so, so some of these, and some of them actually say for Patton. Or, oh, you know, great, okay. Um, yeah. But I'm just going uh, to read a bunch of them just so we can get our take on them in case uh, we want to talk I about I just them. didn't understand. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to read everything. Awesome. Uh, okay, here's another question. Uh <laughs> How do you, Patton, feel... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, do you see any similarities between Patton and any classic comedian? You know what? I was thinking about this. George mm -hmm. Carlin. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, because George Carlin, he's a really good writer. He's a really good performer. Mm -hmm. And he kind of punches it up by being filthy or shocking. But he doesn't have to. And I feel mm -hmm. Patton right. Oswalt, you know, earlier on, he was more shocking. He used more bad, naughty language. Mm -hmm. But as he evolved and got older... He was funnier, but he used it less. So, like, he still yeah. uses it uses it once in a while, uh, but he doesn't have to. Like, he's still really funny with that. That's really interesting. And you were telling us uh, before the show, actually, uh, that one of your—I mean, we the the album's an hour long, and we decided to listen to about forty-five minutes worth of it tonight. And one of the one of the ones we were maybe going to cut, but you wanted to leave <laughs> in. Oh yeah. I don't know what the name of it is. Uh, dirty, uh, clean, dirty humor, or something like that. Clean, Clean filth. Thank filth. you very much. You know what? That that I just I just love <laughs> goof juice. Goof, goof juice. I, I, with that one, I just love how he starts off so dirty, and there's no intro, there's no explanation, just yeah. like the 
yeah. big tirade of filth, yeah. and then he changes his attitude. Oh, when I'm on TV, I'm so happy, and that just cracks me up every time. I love that. Yeah, you yeah. like the turn there. The yeah, yeah. It seems like the audience did too. It, yeah, it's it's weird because it, he's talking about I'm gonna do this. I want to do this to you, and it seems very. There's there's no reason for it, and, right. and as soon and it seems sort of aggressive to the audience, to the listener. They don't. Are you talking to me? And also yeah, to a girl that you're dating that you play this album for, <laughs> <laughs> which happened a long time ago. Yeah, how oh, uh, yeah. how long after did you keep dating there, Ian? That's well, not the woman I married. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We don't need any more specifics. Okay, uh, next question. If Patton were to have a comedy partner, who would it be? Ooh. Hmm. Well, back to what I was saying earlier about the D and D game. I want to see the uh, D and D group. Yeah, Brian Posehn would be uh, yeah, would be a, a good one. People. I'd imagine that'd be a bunch of those like Mr. Show guys. I I think so. I I, I can't remember the other ones, but it's the, it's probably the regular mm. usual suspects that you would assume. I would, would be. love to see him goof around with Amy Poehler on stage. I think the I two of them know. improvising would probably be a lot of fun. Well, you saw that uh, bit from Parks and Rec. I was he about to say. Oh yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, that's probably what put it in my head. Yeah. 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 Chris Hardwick would be fun too. Alpha nerd. Oh, uh, yeah, they yeah. would nerd hard at each I other. I think that'd be a little too much nerdity for most of the world nerd? to handle, okay. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I don't. Yeah, those two in the same room. Uh, I yeah, don't know how accessible that is. In a weird way, I'd almost <laughs> want to see, I'd almost want to see him bouncing off someone who is more uh, more straight, like not well, nerdy at all. Yeah, I was trying to think: would he be the straight man or would he be the goof? Uh, and it he depends seems who he's versatile. paired with. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So the answer is we don't know. <laughs> We're very good at answers. <laughs> who would be his partner? Yeah, it depends. Yeah, he is versatile, and I think he could. Yeah, he could be the straight man. He could be a goofy vaudevillian, or he could be a, a slapstick guy. Is he a top? Uh, is he a bottom? He's both. <laughs> <laughs> He's a switch. <laughs> like yeah, like who is who is verbose and clever the way he is, and nerdy. Uh, maybe Hardwick isn't the uh, terrible, but I just feel like they have a similar energy. All right. Anyway. I don't know, Ron Funches? Uh, Him and Ron Funches. But that would also I descend would. into nerdiness of like various varieties. You yeah. are right. Yeah. I would love to see him play off Ron Funches. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. I love Ron Funches so mm. much. Oh, or yeah. uh, Paul F. Tompkins, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I mean, mm, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've done. Yeah, together. yeah, they're, yeah, similar sort of era. Uh, of friends. Uh, okay, here's another one. Patton was part of the alt comedy scene that involved acts like Sarah Silverman and Maria Bamford, and that was defined by its use of alternative spaces, much like comedy in the late 50s and 60s. Do you feel there was a parallel in the confessional and personal style of acts like Lenny Bruce, which led to Bill Hicks and eventually Patton Oswalt? Mm. It's a good question. It's a great question. Um, I absolutely think that there is. Yeah. Again, like I don't think Patton is getting quite into confessional material on this mm-hmm. album, but he gets there in subsequent ones. And I do think that there's definitely, like you were saying earlier, th- this idea of like 90s com- comedy was almost more like, I'm going to teach you a thing, or it's a lot more structured. Yeah, right. Whereas um, I-, I assume whoever wrote this question probably likes uh, comedians of comedy. The, the, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good show. Uh, that was a yeah. That was a tour that they did. It was him, Maria Bamford, right. Posehn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. and um, I mean, it was like a playoff of the kings of comedy. And sure. Was, like, the queens of comedy, yeah. and they were like, "We're the comedians of yeah, comedy." Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Just do jokes. 
Um, but yeah, it was like looser, and they were. I think the point was that they were always in music venues or different venues, and not traditional comedy clubs. Yeah, kind mm. of a more of a rock and roll type of vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. something about um, outsiders and also being outside of uh, an establishment venue mm-hmm. that really leads to, uh, um, uh, I think, more more emotional honesty. Like I think you know, a lot of comedians are really not at all in touch with their emotions or are doing comedy in order to like, you know, totally ignore their trauma. I'm and doing I that think right now. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. I think, I think a lot of really good comedians are the ones that actually delve into the stuff that's really, really painful for them and, and are the ones that become emotionally honest on stage mm-hmm. because like there's only so much of sort of like throwing up a wall and like using offensive edginess that before... I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. So so much of that offensive edginess is in our everyday vernacular anymore. Yeah. Everybody's a comedian uh, of the ilk of 1985 anymore. People are funny and they're quipping and they're sarcastic and they swear in front of people. And we demand more than that now. And the one thing that we're not comfortable doing is laying ourselves bare in front of people. So that is something that is attractive and interesting and something we relate to when we hear stories of pain that we're too afraid to tell ourselves, I think. And if you're not performing in a comedy club where there are other comedians who are going to dictate structure at you and mm-hmm. make bully structure at you, you have a little more freedom to get weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And you'll also see people come to those shows who don't normally go to the comedy clubs. Yeah, you know, exactly. Where they feel that that's a clique that they're not allowed to go to. If, if they're going to the place that they normally would go see um, Mamma Mia, then <laughs> you know maybe it's yeah. a little easier a segue to... To go into that venue? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I was, I was just going to say, I feel like alt comedy, too, kind of after 2007 or whatever this period was, alt comedy became kind of a dirty word because mm. it became this thing of like, oh, alt comedians, they just get up there, kind of jerk off on stage, and it's really Well, Louis C.K. literally. Yes, yeah. of course, yeah. Uh, poor, oh, God. Uh, but um, Poor everybody. Yeah, poor everyone who had to watch Louis do that. Um no, but uh, it became very like self-indulgent and like I I barely figured out a thing and I'm just being weird on stage. And, yeah. But I, I you look at Patton here uh, and and especially the people that he was doing this kind of alt comedy thing with, and it was really about getting away from that like you go to a comedy club and there's a two drink minimum and the guy's gonna make fun of the guy in the front row. Yeah. Right. That kind of bullshit. Like they really wanted it to be a more inclusive, loose, fun. Yeah, and I, I think part of that was you know a. Lo- uh, advertising was shifting too and, and just any kind of presentation where people didn't want that faux sheen on it like hi yeah. I'm here to tell you something you yeah. know, authenticity the, yeah exactly there's exactly. also a level of surrealism and like almost like avant-dadaism like I keep thinking about Eric Andre and just like mm. just like Jesus there's Christ. a that's a level of weird that's surrealist level, yeah. like <laughs> yeah and I mean uh, Patton does kind of like skip across that uh, that avant surrealism sort of stuff yeah like a like a stone across the water <laughs> yeah Eric Andre I, I feel like think is for a, n- a younger generation. Yeah, of now. course. Like a lot of people are are loving that kind of stuff now, and I I don't enjoy it. I don't I don't understand it. It's I, bizarre. And if you enjoy bizarre, then mm. you're gonna be like, this is <laughs> I've never seen this before, and right. I, that makes me laugh. Well, Ian, I know you're a big fan of the Oh Hello. <laughs> uh, oh hello. <laughs> oh which, hello. And, and I can't stand it. Okay. I tried oh, to get through it. Too and much. I, I had tuna. to watch it in too five minute tuna. increments, and I just. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't. You don't yeah. know enough Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, Jason, yeah. why is that? I, 
<laughs> this isn't about me. It Next was, question. It was Purim um, the other day. I hope you were drunk and in costume. <laughs> this is an interesting question that's going to be for Pat, and I like this one. Will your daughter have an 11th birthday party? Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Called out. You know, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he just says, yes. <laughs> Look, man, I said a lot of things when yeah. I was 37. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I imagine she will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, I don't think, like, as you watch his specials over the years, it is the, the arc of watching a human being soften from their earlier sure. geeky, angry, oh, yeah, yeah. hard stances on things. No, I think all men are shitheads until they hit about 28, and then they just kind of mellow out. Oh, just 28? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I, deal, I deal with men. Okay, 29? Listen, let me tell nice. you, but some single guys in no, their you 40s. Let him have that, Merle. He's the only person in the free world who believes that. I really want to delve right <laughs> into Yes, this. you're right. Lollipops and sunshine. I kind of want right. to slit your throat so you die an innocent. Uh, but yeah, I'll, just, I'll just give him my necklace. <laughs> Uh, Merle is wearing a, uh, a, a a choker that looks like I got my neck slit because I like to um, purchase my accessories at Halloween shops like any good goth. <clears throat> yeah, she's a good goth. Good goth. Good goth. Good goth. Uh, okay, next question. Okay, this is for everybody. Do you feel like you take anything from how Patton Oswalt does comedy into your own work? What does it say? The something question. The Semcast question. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yeah, uh, right. Someone else's Very good. Movie, uh, yeah, yeah. Very delightful uh, Toronto podcast done by Norm Wilner. Norm Wilner is a delight. Uh, he is. Um, oh, uh, the, for that, absolutely. Because uh, I was writing a ton of sketch comedy when I first heard this, and I was all like, I love the specificity of language. And mm. then I listened to this, <laughs> and I was like, I'm nowhere near close enough to how far you can take this and be great. It's a nice thing to aspire to, though. Uh, you know, so many people use the same words over and over again, and this guy, like I feel... Like <laughs> Yeah. I like when people don't use that word. Yeah. I had to think about that sentence. There wasn't a the in there. But yeah, uh, you know, there, people use a lot of the same words for a lot of the same mm -hmm. things, and uh, some people, I think, would be served by looking at a thesaurus from time to time. I don't think Patton probably <laughs> has to, but others could. <laughs> he uh, is one. Yeah. He's a, he is a thesaurus. You guys, what do you, uh, anything you take from or think you've been inspired by? Uh, I just, uh, I was listening to the album and he definitely takes uh, some emotional choices that I appreciated. Like as an, as an improviser, uh, you just take a scene, you just you take an emotion and you just go with it. And he's, mm. uh, I felt that he was doing that at least a few times in this album, so. Cool. That I liked. Fair enough. I don't know. I always like how like just sort of ridiculous and weird he is, and he's just like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna say things because whatever. And I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, it reminds me to be more goofy and to just be like, oh, d don't censor yourself. You might actually be funny mm -hmm. if you don't censor yourself. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Fu just just say the weird shit that comes into your brain. Someone might laugh. It's true, and he does do a lot of that stuff, and he just he just starts talking like this, or he goes, America, I eat my food out of a bowl. And America. Yeah, it's, people respond to that stuff. It's great. Sillier the better. Uh, okay, Patton often walks a line between funny and vulgar, landing on the right side, in this writer's opinion. How do you feel he managed to aim his jokes so accurately and consistently punching them up? I think he's very careful to 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 make sure that the aggression lands in the right place. 
Mm-hmm. Like when he drops f bombs that I'm not comfortable saying on stage for obvious reasons. Like he, <laughs> yeah. Like he he understands that he's not. Girls are designated badass. Time. I think. Wait, for, uh, can okay, we put a pin in this? Okay, go, yeah, go ahead. Okay, first you off, two fingers were up in the air. Yeah, he he. The audience understands that he's a cool, hip, liberal guy, so he's on their side. The audience kind of knows that going in. Secondly, okay. when he's when he says stuff like specifically like the homophobic slurs, like. The joke is on the people making the slurs, not the people yes. who are the target of those slurs. Right. So he's very careful in doing that. So I think that's why he gets yeah. away with it. He makes yeah. it the joke. Yeah. Yeah, not just the way he does business. Mm-hmm. I also think that's a bit of a 2070 thing, or 2007-ish thing he's getting away with. In yeah. 2070, I agree. Yeah, exactly right. You will be put uh, to death for using those well, words. I think he's, he's also spent a lot of time in comedy clubs seeing people fail miserably at mm. it or being like utter yeah. edge lords or being and like, crutches, oh, if I right? just say the, uh, you know, drop an yeah. F-bomb, then it's... Uh, Some people know. will laugh at that, but it's a crutch. Yeah, it's and not it's, not, it's not actually comedy. It's oh. just more of a shock sort of thing. So it's, uh, you know, if you watch enough bad people in your art form you learn very quickly oh don't do that don't be like them that was horrible and embarrassing and um i will make a note to never ever be that person right you know i see people uh write stuff online a lot about i don't know why people get bent out of shape about swearing or vulgarity and i don't i don't really get offended by it but i think i get offended on the behalf of other people. Let me put like it if this you're on way. the subway if, if swearing s- in front of someone's grandmother, I mean, I don't want you to do that if it bothers them. But also, it's boring. Like there are more exciting, interesting ways to express yourself. And like, let's be real. Like some of these slurs are the last word that a person hears before they're killed in a hate crime. And that's the reason why a lot of people don't like hearing those words. Like, Mm. you know, if you're a gay person in the audience and you hear someone say faggot, they're going to be like, that's cool. Thanks for reminding me that my life isn't worthwhile. You know, yeah. and that's yeah. that's the reason why no, people get fair. offended. It's not because they're touchy. It's because right. they have um, the cultural trauma, right? And mm. that's valid. And, sure. I, and I think yeah, it was. It's definitely a 2007 thing to to recognize. Like he's thrown those words around, but they're at a specific target. But I think now we're trying to we're, we figure out that like there's splash damage. Like he's still hitting yeah, the target, exactly but still it. like people are getting mm. sprayed in the face with acid. Like you know, it's just it's sometimes. It's f- People hear that, and it's a reminder that they might not be safe where they are. So, do you, you know? think? Uh, do you think it would be frowned upon if he had said some of the things now, where he was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say what he said. There were things like, uh, "Yeah, I threw your uh, your gun from Blade Runner up on the roof, you fag." Like, do you think that would not? I think that falls under what he was saying about. Uh, Unintentional you know, like, consequences. Like I'm imitating yeah. someone saying right. that. I mean, to be honest, when he talked in the uh, the physics for poets thing and talked about like, you know, me and my friends in high school, some of us were we were all outsider kids, but we right. called ourselves art fags. Right. Some of us were gay, some of us were gay adjacent. Right. But you know, like we used that word, but we weren't a- using it as hateful. We were using right. it as like, yeah, we're these faggy little art kids. But that's but misappropriation. That's sort of uh, well. <laughs> it's the gender, the it's, 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 they all still fell under the queer banner. So it really? was kind of, yeah, myself and all my friends, we were, you know, under that sort of banner. No, so but we, would he? Do that. Um, well, it would be, I don't know if so much like, As, I mean, the, he's, for the he's physics pr- for poets bit, I don't know so yeah, much how it might be. Because he's a heteronormative guy. Get away with that. Just because. But, uh, you, but you could I don't have know. called yeah. yourselves a gaysant. Ah. A gaysant! <laughs> ah! 
Every- I'm so upset I didn't think of that. That's so great. That's Everyone much can enjoy that. Everyone thinks oh, that's adorable. <laughs> okay. Oh, that made well, me so I'll happy. say that from now on. Uh, Kyle, I'm interested in how you said you won't drop the drop the f bomb on stage for obvious reasons, or Those- just in general in life. It's just. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, it's just like it's it's a risk reward scenario. Like any kind of mm. benefit I would get to it is outweighed by a huge margin by you know the damage I might cause by it. So I just don't say it. Oh, do you mean the F-A word or the F- F-A? Oh, oh okay. I'll say fuck yeah, all the time. Sense. I don't care for oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that no, was no, so no. satisfying. Oh, Everyone okay. was like, all right, we're definitely different. It. Everyone yeah. was like, you won't say the F so U word. And it would be great if you just said it right now. It'd be oh. so climactic. I'm and then be, you did. I'm going to be naughty. <laughs> and I just like to, I don't actually use that word outside of context of discussing like the actual sure. semantics of No, that I don't word. think any of us on this panel do. It's not fun. Yeah, doesn't no, make no, no. You, doesn't make you feel good. So no. don't say no, it. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, I think I think we're all clear where we all stand on that. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. I. Yeah. But I don't. I don't swear. I don't really swear much at all. I don't swear on this podcast. I only. Uh, the only swearing I do is really taking the Lord's name in vain because I really don't think that's hurting anybody. Which and, Lord? Uh, yeah, Ganesha. Yeah, which one? Uh, yeah, Ganesh. Ganesh. Damn it. <laughs> hey, don't don't favorite. hate on Ganesh. Ganesh is great. Well, Remover of obstacles. I'm, I'm glad Good you luck. think so. <laughs> Listen, I never realized how much I sweared until I was hanging out with a uh, Buddhist lama helping him vacuum a, a rug, and I had to stop myself from saying, all right, let's flip this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> let's turn this over, and we'll vacuum the other side, I, Lama Sheriff. Thank I would you. like to think the lama would just smile. Oh, he'd probably be totally fine with it, but yeah. it was just that moment where I was like, Oh, wow, I do swear a lot. I swear <laughs> casually and often. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, that's our show. Uh, thank you so much to my good friend, Ian McIntyre, whose wedding party I'm no longer in <laughs> for various reasons. Somehow, uh, you can find him for uh, jokes and political rage at Mr. Ian McIntyre on uh, Twitter. That's M-A-C. than the former. <laughs> uh, Merle, uh, you can see it at... The Merle on Instagram and Twitter, T-H-E-M-E-R-Y-L-E. And Kyle Betts, you just might run into him at your local soup kitchen. You just never know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just around. He's around. <laughs> Wherever you need him, he's there. Wherever you need him. Uh, I'm moving this weekend. Would that help? Fuck could yeah, you, I will. You, could you? No, I'm not really moving. Good. Thank uh, God. Remember, folks, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and your favorite podcast app, whatever that is. So please subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, you can see us on our website at comedyalbumbookclub.com, where the photo of Merle and Patton Oswalt will be very shortly. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at CABC Podcast and on Facebook. You can follow along and ask us questions for future podcasts and suggest albums and guests. We record this show live after listening to the album the first Thursday of every month here at the Social Capital Theater and in Toronto. Next month we're back on April 5th when my guest will be my friend and colleague for a long time, Neil Jones. He chose the album Motor Mouth by Ben Elton. We'll ask him why then. Until then, I'm your host, Jace DeLine. Thank you for visiting and listening to Comedy Album Book Club. Yeah. Woo. Woo.